0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash true crime ad-free. That's Amazon.com slash true crime ad-free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions.
2: With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight.
3: Hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of Monsters and Murder. This is going to shock you. I am joined by the serial killer Whisperer. Hello, Amanda.
0: Hello, Robert. It's always nice when, when you introduce me. It's such a weird thing, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it means we're about to get into a recording and it's my favourite time of the week.
3: Ah, oh, I love it too. It's just awesome. And I'm intrigued about this case and one that's been a long time coming that you didn't actually want to do.
0: Yeah, I know we're doing Richard Ramirez. And, you know, for the hate I have for a lot of these monsters, he is that he is the top of that list. There is no one that I have interviewed that I found more vile and revolting as Ramirez. So I kept putting it off, but it's time to do him.
3: Well, Amanda will be doing him a little later in the episode And no, I didn't mean it that way I just meant (laughs) you can find out why she feels the way she does But in the meantime, let's get into the news And the trial of Joseph James D'Angelo The man accused of being the Golden State Killer Took a dramatic turn in court As he admitted to being a serial killer In one of the worst crime sprees in California's history This report from KTLA 5 Murder in the first degree, how do you plead?
4: D'Angelo started in 1975, sneaking into homes, raping dozens of women. The details, hard to hear. He blindfolded her and
5: told her to lie face down. He returned to the bedroom to place more dishes on her husband's body and told him, quote, if these dishes fall, I'll kill everyone in the house. He then cut her nightgown in several places with a knife and proceeded to rape her.
4: His first two murders, a young Sacramento couple walking their dog late one night.
5: Each time he escaped, slipping away silently into the night, leaving communities terrified
4: According to DNA and detectives, D'Angelo left Sacramento raping women from the Bay Area moving through Central California to SoCal. In Ventura today admitting to raping a woman in her home and bludgeoning the woman and her husband thereafter. The former police officer was arrested outside of his Sacramento County home in April 2018 after DNA from a crime scene matched genetic material from a relative registered on a genealogy website.
3: Amanda, you said from the get-go there would be a plea deal done in this one.
0: Yeah, and and I, I think it's probably obvious to a lot of people because what it does is it saves the state and the country a lot of time and effort and a lot of cash because by him pleading guilty it stops there being an automatic appeal and it also gets him a better nicer cell basically in in prison so he's not going to be on death row where there's lots more chains and lots and lots more doors and bars um and he will have access to other things that he wouldn't get if he was in um in death row so uh, the the plea deal i think was inevitable but um it's going to see what happens next. Because a lot of people say, you know, regardless, he should have had the death penalty thrown at him. But um, he's in his 70s. And though we're getting this feeble man act that that I don't believe for a second, I, I think what we're going to see is um, we're going to see a lot of interviews where the man now that has confessed to one of the biggest unsolved crimes in US history uh, and i think we're going to find out a lot more than what we currently do know
3: and it also stops the families of the victims having to go through this horrible court case and no, but they will know justice has been served
0: exactly and i mean they they've gone through this nightmare for like 30 40 years so it's it 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 is a kind of an end for them but i don't think it's going to be a, a Final end. I think that there is going to be a lot more to come, and he's going to cash in on this for sure.
3: Mm. Well, a shipping container which had been converted into a torture chamber, complete with a dentist's chair, pliers, scalpels, and handcuffs, has been found by Dutch police, according to ABC News. Six men have been arrested following the grim finding. Authorities said police conducted the raid before the chamber was used, and the discovery was made last month by officers generated by data from encrypted phones. Amanda, when you see vision of these torture chambers, it's very scary to think of what was being planned.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we did David Parkeray a few weeks ago, and it, it brings about images of that and this, these these shipping containers that they had, are very clinical and very clean, and and they've got soundproofing on the wall. So, what was actually going to happen, God knows. But what it shows us is that this was going to be a very sophisticated and and well run human trafficking murder who knows what it was going to be used for we don't actually know but it just proves that whoever was doing this had been planning this for a very long time so i hope that we actually get more news after these six people have been arrested but for now it looks like you know the worst serial killer chamber of all time
3: but no victims
0: no victims that we know of. So as mm. I said, these, these shipping containers were set up, and, but they were clean. They hadn't been used. But that doesn't mean that they hadn't um, sort of escalated from something in a basement somewhere. So there could gotcha. be more that we find with this.
3: Okay. Interesting. Well, a serial killer, more deadly than any known convicted murderer, is on the loose in prisons. COVID-19 is running rampant in prisons, with the virus taking another serial killer, Scott Erskine. And according to NY Daily News, death row inmates are fearing the coronavirus over the execution chamber. Amanda, is this karma catching up with killers?
0: Well, I mean, it's very slow karma, um, but it's it's something that is running rampant. And, you know, we've seen multiple serial killers be killed by this virus. Apparently, of course, you know, I'd love to go into a conspiracy theory on that too. But it seems to be that um, because they are in such close proximity to each other, and you know, they don't get a lot of time outside. So when they are sort of near each other, that there is that possible exposure. And obviously guards coming in and out of the prisons as well. So um, because they are seen as an essential service, it is possible that this is going to happen. And they're not going to get the best of care. I mean, there is hospitals in, in, in prisons and things like that, but it's not as sophisticated as if they are sent to a hospital like um, Ivan was last year. So um, there is going to be, I think, a fair few deaths that will We'll see with this uh, before it's over that's for sure
3: yeah okay well aaron glee jr has confessed several times that he kidnapped and killed both Watwin salo a student and protester and Victoria Sims, a volunteer and retired state worker in grisly crimes that have horrified the community. People magazine reports Glee waived his right to remain silent and gave his account of events to officers with the Tallahassee Police Department and the Orlando Police Department. They include shocking new details, including that Glee kept Sulahu, a prisoner, in his rundown home on Monday Road for several days, raping her and eventually deciding to kill her to avoid getting caught. Amanda, what else do you know about this guy?
0: Oh, well, he he actually um, was caught still with blood on his clothes, so he knew that the police were coming, and so he sort of skipped town and and was found at a bus station. But um, he has two victims, and the FBI actually does declare two two victims means a serial killer, and there was times between these two victims. So... So um, Sims was the person that they were looking for and they pinged her her phone and it was at his home. So they they went to his home, but he had already taken off. And then we found out that he had um, killed Salo before that. So there is these two victims now, and there is a a sex involvement, but there is also a hatred of female. So he is one of those killers that does this out of an attempt to sort of get back at society by having, you know, two sort of binary sexes. But it's it's just what we're seeing is that had he not been caught, he would have definitely got his next victim. He was preparing to get a next victim when he realised that the police were hot on his tail.
3: Oh, OK. Well, Victorian serial killer Peter Dupas has been named in a secret report as the murderer of a 95-year-old widow. According to the Canberra Times, Kathleen Downs was killed at her Brunswick aged care home on New Year's Eve in 1997. The original order aimed to prevent the findings being published so it would not prejudice the trial if Dupas were charged. His trial collapsed last year when the star witness, Andrew Fraser, became too ill to testify. Amanda, suppression orders are often used when there are multiple cases going on, aren't they?
0: Yes, that's true, and and some people had had known about this um, coronial inquest that had gone through. So it wasn't a, a, a well kept secret, that's for sure. But um, Andrew Fraser, who who was I think a lawyer who was in prison at, at the time that Dupas had actually confessed to, had actually put in his um, testimony so they kind of knew that this is where it, it was heading but they couldn't release that officially purely because they didn't want then the jury to, to be tainted and then there'd be multiple appeals blah 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 but it, it seems to be that the case isn't going to go ahead so we can only say that he allegedly killed this victim because uh, there will likely be no trial because the only witness to a confession um is very sick and i think he's actually already passed away now or close to it if he's not
3: Mm. Well, coming up, we will be doing our psychological profile uh, on the serial killer. Amanda really really despises and don't forget you can join our Patreon page which Amanda has put the boot in and she's taken over and she's making sure our patrons get their benefits because she says I've been too slack so which is probably true there's been a lot going on but we're pulling our fingers out and making it well worth your while so there'll be more cold case collections coming there will be more video chats in fact we're doing quite a few this month to make up for some, and there's lots of extra benefits coming your way too. So just go to patreon.com slash MWM confessions. We'll be right back with our psychological profile.
6: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint
2: Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a
2: side of humor. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. Then Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more
3: information. Yes, we've just hit 50 episodes with the Ben Robin Robbo Show and we found out we have 70,000 viewers a week for the show, Amanda. So it's, uh, That's fantastic. Yeah, it's gone pretty well. We've still got a long way to go, but we're happy with that. It's a good start for uh, a daily show on the internet. So don't forget, you can go to facebook.com slash BRR show to watch that. Let's move on. And this week on Monsters Who Murder, we examine the various media interviews conducted with Richard Ramirez following his capture. Ramirez was known as the Night Stalker, but shouldn't be confused with the recently caught killer, Joseph D'Angelo, who was known as the original Night Stalker, among many other names. Ramirez raped, tortured and murdered at least 14 victims over a 16-month period between April 1984 and August 1985. His youngest victim was also his first. Nine-year-old May Lung was raped, beaten, stabbed and then hanged. The girl's murder was only linked to Ramirez in 2009, yet a bombshell was dropped when a second person's DNA was also found connected to the Lung crime scene. Following Lung's murder, Ramirez travelled across California where he would usually murder people in their homes after breaking in to rob them. Most of the women were raped and one elderly woman was even stomped to death by the killer. Here's how the news at the time reported the crimes.
4: Police are searching for a six-foot-tall man with dark curly hair and badly stained teeth, dubbed the Night Stalker, who may have committed 13 murders and 12 grisly assaults in the San Gabriel and San Fernando Valley since February. The crimes are different, but the method is always the same. He enters private homes at night through an unlocked door or open window and hunts down his prey while they sleep.
3: He was caught when a group of Mexican women recognised him at a bus terminal and shouted for nearby police to come and help. But that was not before a few of the locals gave him a good thrashing. Amanda, this is a huge case. We've hinted at why we have avoided doing it until now. Why is that?
0: Well I mean of all the serial killers I've I've interviewed uh, Ramirez was just that that slime ball he would write all of these profanities about young girls and he wanted me to send him pictures of young Asian girls and now that we know that he, he's a, a young Asian victim it just makes it even worse and you know I, I often talk to these killers and some of them do do come across like that um Haddon Clark was one as, as well that they come across with sexual uh, descriptions of young children but Ramirez never backed off he continued to do that over and over again he would send me poetry he would draw pictures of of of, you know uh satanic images and things like that but it it was the stuff that he said about young girls that really just sort of said no I'm out I just didn't find after all that time anything worth speaking to him about because he just thought it was funny to just talk about raping young children
3: Right. Yet, by groupie standards, he's one of the top killers. Here's an interview on the U.S. version of A Current Affair about the groupies of Ramirez.
5: Somebody was calling and she was giving me death threats and saying, you know, you're going to die. And Why? stay you're away are Richard. Richard? I suppose so, and you better stay away from Richard and blah, 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 blah.
7: If I wanted to have attacked her or beat her up, I would have, and I could, but I didn't, and I won't. So she's just making that up, she's exaggerating everything.
2: A startling phenomenon has developed the San Francisco County Jail. At the center of the storm, one of the most loathsome bits of human scum ever to stain the pages of American criminal history. His name is Richard Ramirez, California's most cowardly mass killer, a devil known as the Night Stalker. I find Richard uh, to have a lot of charisma in a very natural way. There's nothing phony about him. And it's it's interesting that just his picture in the paper, people seeing him on television walking out of a courtroom or into court, uh, seems to attract s- some people.
5: I have seen women go there to see him, you know, dressed in black lace stockings.
2: When you hear about people, women, fighting each other physically, uh, are getting into some type of altercation over a visit with someone who's sitting in jail and is completely oblivious and is not even aware it's going on.
5: I like him. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, when I went in to visit him, I decided that I was not going to um, look at all the things he had done.
3: So women were getting into fights over Ramirez, Amanda. What do you think the appeal was?
0: I I think it's like um, people like Bundy, they they seem to have, like the reporters there, they have charisma and a magnetism that seems to attract certain types of women. It's not all women, thank God. Um, Personally, I don't get it. I don't understand any attraction to have someone that can do such horrifying things to people. But um, they they find it's it's almost like the ultimate bad boy. It's about that that um, persona that they think is you know if if I can be with him I can change him and and there's all of that. Um, <laughs> but when when he first started appearing on TV and everything, once he was caught, um, he was hiding his face and everything. And by the end by the end of the trial, he's wearing like rock star glasses and he's sitting back in his chair and he's you know doing all these faces at the at At the court, and it's just amazing how he changes over time when he realizes that people were treating him just like a rock star. Mm. Well, here's a
3: little bit more about the groupies interviewed on A Current Affair.
5: I am to produce a documentary on the death penalty, I just wish the woman would leave me alone. I mean, to call my house, give me 20 death threats in one night, her and some friend of hers, and then to even go as far as to say that maybe I'll have to shoot the president to show him how much I love him.
7: She told the Secret Service she wanted to marry him and have a baby with him. Did you ask him that? that she loved him, that's what she kept saying to them. I love him, I love him, that's what she kept saying.
2: I talked to the Secret Service and they didn't want to talk about this at all. They don't want to talk about you, they don't want to talk about her. Evidently, one of you or somebody made some kind of threat against the life of the President of the United States.
7: Is no that one, true? No, no one did. Did she do that?
2: Did she make that up? She made the whole thing up. But you won't tell us what you do with Richard Ramirez, what your relationship's all about.
7: I can't talk about that.
3: That's... They just seem completely unfazed by the fact this
0: guy's a killer. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of docos of on people like this. Like, there are lots of groupies around, and the Hillside strangler. The hillside stranglers actually had one who killed someone to try and make it look like that um, that they had been a part of of the case, and so the case could be thrown out. Um, but going through these youtube clips that 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 we're using here underneath them i often go and see what the comments are and usually there's a lot of hate but in these ones there are so many women to this day i mean the guy's been dead for many years they are still saying oh my god look how cute he is oh my god he's amazing look at those eyes i mean he he has a mouthful of rotting teeth there's there's nothing i can't even i can't even fathom it but these women continue to this day to just be enamored by they someone that they considered to be a rock star. I mean, even when uh, an actor played him on um, on American Horror Story, um, he played him as a rock star. It wasn't this, you know, this dweeby guy who, who likes to get his rocks off by being violent. It was a rock star, and this is a persona that has sort of attached itself to him, which only happened once he hit trial. So before that, people hated him and and, and were in fear, but these women found someone that that, that they, found hot and amazing regardless that he had done such heinous things.
3: Well, let's meet some more of those groupies. Uh two of them appeared on the Sally Jesse Raphael show.
5: The killings of Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, who brutally raped and tortured over a dozen victims. Uh, Eva, you say you've gotten 30 letters from Richard Ramirez? How did this begin?
6: Well, um, I had a lot of friends who talked about him all the time.
5: Why um, did they? What did they say about him all the time?
6: Well, they. I know one person who um, had his artwork in a gallery, and um, Anton LaVey told me, that he met he met him one time. And he didn't really get a chance to talk to him before he went to jail, and um, I wanted to do a report for school. That's how it started out. And I saw him on TV. It was on the news. He went to court, and I decided to call up St. Quentin and see where I could write him. And uh, it took a while to get there because I put the wrong zip code on it. But he ended up writing me back, and and um, I was. I, wrote, I sent him a bunch of my poetry and, and he sent me some back because I was trying to teach him how to do it right and he sent me some drawings and I just find them interesting
5: Do you I um, think he's handsome?
6: Well I see why other girls might I don't really know do, no? no then
5: what are you attracted to
6: um, I think he broke away from the system
5: hmm
6: and he, I think he was fed up. Now I have a quote from you.
5: The world is overpopulated, so the murders really weren't such a terrible
6: thing. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain that? Those to old me? women were going to die soon anyways. What? They were going to die soon anyways.
5: People are going to die soon,
6: so why the, the not help women he them? killed were. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
5: the murder where he the most strange murder what did he do
6: in that um murder? that amazed me uh, i didn't hear about that till i was after i was writing him for a while and he didn't really want me to read all the articles about him because he, i think he didn't want me to find out about it but i heard he broke into somebody's house and ripped out her eye and had sex with her eye socket
5: uh-huh. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. You go to high school. You're at a high school where you
6: study at home, I study. I read and teach myself.
5: Okay. Christine, you've taken this interest or obsession one step further, have you not? Not an obsession. Okay. Not an obsession?
7: No. Okay, He's the one that's always, he calls me all the time, he always writes to me all the time. All right. You say you're going to marry Richard Ramirez? We're supposed to. When I first uh, met him, it was four years ago, and when, the first time I met him, his attorneys were there, and they told me that he was innocent, and they told me to keep visiting him, that it was good for him, and that's what they were telling me, so that's why, mainly, why I went near someone like him, because I came from another state, and I didn't know even what happened. I didn't even know why he was there and um I didn't even find out until a year later what even happened and that story that she just said I've never heard anything like that and I've read all the reports but that's what, what happened well, <laughs> but you, that's what he you well he deserves to get something like that from you for even writing back to you so
6: what do you mean but you no, I found the truth ladies, I, I know, know the you you admiration is going no, to no, the point I wasn't of there uh, when he killed
7: people how do you, to you. feel about well, he's still are you writing going to marry him um yeah we're supposed to get married are you in love with him i don't know maybe i should tell you some of the things you told me about you
5: why are you going to marry somebody you're not in love with
6: um she gets to go on talk shows
5: (laughs) well we had to stop the tape as you probably saw a fight broke out in the studio between Christine and Eva. Now, at the beginning of the show, I hesitated to say that some women were even in love uh, with people who committed uh, mass murders or serial killers. And if that doesn't show it, the the jealousy that uh, took place between the two of them, um, I probably shouldn't have been
3: so careful. Amanda, are these women (laughs) mentally unwell?
0: Uh, yes and no. I mean most of these sorts of women, you can uh, class them as hybristophiles which is um, a, a pathological disorder where they believe that if they love these people that they can change them and it's only because they don't have love from someone like them that they went on to, to commit these crimes. You know. Um, people like Carla Homolka took her to the next level because she actually killed with her, her partner. Um, but they are often uh, prone to violence themselves. And that's what just happened on, on the Sally Jesse Raphael show. Um, one of them slapped the other one and it was all on. So, I mean, it's it's amazing that they do this. And one of those girls was 16 and, you know, she's and laughing about so, people dying. Exactly, exactly. You know, are they going to die anyway? And then the other one saying, oh, I didn't even know what he did, but the lawyers told me to continue to see him. Why was she seeing someone that she'd never met? Does she go to the prison every weekend to see who's available to chat to? I mean, it's a load of shit basically. But these these women just seem to believe that this is normal and natural and to be in love with someone like this, it's the ultimate bad boy and they just enjoy it.
3: What was that term you used?
0: hybristophile.
3: We we should do an episode about that. It sounds fascinating, these um, women who fall in love with serial killers and the like.
0: Oh, absolutely. I could definitely do a whole episode on, on groupies and hybristophiles, that's for sure.
3: Oh, Good I'm idea. Intrigued. I'm intrigued by that. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on now. Ramirez. he did a fair few interviews in the early 80s. It's like a lot of them did. We had Gacy, Bundy, Manson, et cetera. Uh, why were there so many interviews conducted? I, I can't believe the access media crews actually had.
0: I know. It's quite amazing. And these days you wouldn't even get that much access and it takes a lot to get there. Believe me, I've, I've done a few TV spots where we've tried, tried to get a killer on camera and it's just not worked. Um, but we have to remember that this is before internet, this is before TiVo and things like that. So entertainment was actually just heading into that reality sort of TV show with with horrendous talk shows like Geraldo Rivera, Jerry Springer, Ricky Lake, and all those, you know. And even the early Oprah Winfrey show was more for this shock horror sort of stuff that they were doing. And guests were actually really mm. brought on for shock value. I mean, there is an episode with... With like club kids which is like the early drag scene and club kids together and and they're all in costume and things like that it's, it's quite amazing and um we, we actually use uh, a early interview that Gerardo rivera did with charlie manson so mm, i did. mean and 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 manson jumped around the stage and and chatted to him and they're getting on the floor and standing up and bouncing around and people ate it up people want to see this i mean we're doing this you know, 30 years later and people still enjoy it and we still enjoy doing this. And I mean, at the same time in, in the early or about the mid 80s, we had profiling coming in, you know, with um, Silence of the Lambs and things like that coming out, too. So. It it began to change what we were seeing. So they went from sort of sideshow freaks to these people that are like, oh my god, they're, they're like us, but they're not like us. And and how do we look at these people? And how do we learn about these people? And it, it, it become more intriguing and more about the psychological profiling rather than oh my god, let that's or, or stand back and laugh at the serial mm. killer because they're un, because they're abnormal. So it, it it was shock value back then. So a lot of these interviews have these you know. The haunting music behind and the and the cut shots that you know just work p- purely for them to, to get that that tiny nuanced um expression so it, it it was a fantastic time and it's why we actually call it the golden age of serial killers from the 70s to 80s because there was this influx and purely because they were appearing on tv it's it's when the Son of Sam law came into effect and things like that. So it's just an amazing time that just changed how we looked at serial killers and, and, and how they worked together to create this, this um, excitement about them.
3: Mm. Well, let's have a listen to Ramirez on one of these talk shows. In this one, he's live from prison on an unidentified talk show.
8: I think most humans have in them the capacity to, to commit murder. Uh, it is no, not because no, we don't, Richard. Uh, they, they choose not to, not because they are morally superior, as they so commonly claim, but because they are imprisoned in a way of responsibilities, commitments, no, R- beliefs, and sentiments, Richard, Richard. And that would render murder an absurd gamble or ridiculous well, self-destruction.
3: Re- this actually becomes his rhetoric once in prison. So let's. Let's listen to a snippet from an Inside Edition episode. When asked about what a serial killer is, this is what he said:
8: A serial killer comes about by circumstances and like a, a recipe—poverty, drugs, child abuse. These things, you know, are, contribute to a person, uh, to a person's frustration and anger and uh and uh, at some point in life he explodes
3: what do you think amanda do you agree with that
0: um it's actually one of the first questions that i ask serial killers but when i start talking to them you know i ask them what they think of that term um some of them love it like arthur shawcross did others um make jokes about it others say how dare you and call me every name and threaten to send someone to my house i mean so it it, it <laughs> right affects others it, it affects the serial killers in all different ways um but he actually talks about something that i often talk about he called it a recipe i call it a perfect storm so um you have these different facets of a person's life and that creates the serial killer it's not nature it's not nurture it's both it's about how um things affect them in different ways two, two people could have the same life but have different outcomes and, and one of those could be being serial killer um and like he he says here you know you add frustration in there and it does suggest that most of his his crimes were actually rage based and and not sex and profit based which is what we assume because there was rape this was about hurting people and being excited by by that violence
3: yeah okay well Ramirez was then asked why did he hurt people following on from what you're saying there here's what he said
8: a normal comment no comment day I cannot answer it at this time.
3: Amanda, he was actually trying to stifle a laugh in there.
0: It's so amazing. I didn't see it coming. So it was just going to be sort of like a follow-on question. And he instantly got shut down. So it makes you wonder who who else is in the room that's telling him, stop, don't talk, don't talk kind of thing. Um, But he looks directly at the camera. He knows it's being caught. He knows that there's a, 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 a... spotlight on every nuance and he loves it you know he says no comment but he his face said it all he enjoyed it he loved doing it and he would have done it again you know this is a fantastic glimpse into ramirez's psyche because we're seeing someone who's realizing his popularity as as the bad person and it it, back then this is what they did they loved to to get them on camera laughing and smirking when, when talking about murder
3: Well, during the Inside Edition interview, the reporter interviewed Ramirez's cellmate about the serial killer's crimes. This is what he had to say before the soundbite is taken over by Ramirez. Richard told me he needed
8: to associate gruesome violence with sex in order to be completely satisfied. He also told me that he had to violently fantasise about his victims before he could go away sexually gratified. They are desires whereas if where if I didn't give in to them, I would be crushed by them I believe in the in the evil in human nature. this is a wicked wicked world, and uh in a wicked world you wicked people are born I'm not going to blame society or my race or people or anything uh, it is up to the individual, like myself, to to keep on knocking on, on whatever door they want to get into.
3: This is interesting. He's not taking the blame, but he's also not blaming outward sources.
0: No, he's sort of, uh, he's, he's between the two. So he's attempting to say that he's a product of a, a world that's bad and that he is is this creature of darkness that, that is born out of that. Um, but it's actually again a, a, a quite vague re- response is given you know what his cellmate said was far more interesting that Ramirez needs that mm. violence to, to satisfy his his sexual deviance and um other people that had had spoken out in in this same um episode that we haven't used said that this actually begun when he was in his teens it, it began as drugs and he would use drugs to uh then sort of give him the the, the bravado to go and hurt people and so then that changed from just the drug use to the sex and violence to then killing so you, you can see how it happened and and his um his cellmate actually seems to be a, a bit in fear of him that you know because he did kill both sexes that um he he probably thought that maybe he'd be killed too just by talking to the press like like Ramirez was himself
3: okay well in another interview by inside edition the responses are actually very very different
2: did you kill 13 people
8: It would be improper for me to comment on my LA convictions and on my pending case here in San Francisco.
2: Why? Because of my appeals. Are you appealing these because you say you're innocent? You didn't kill 13 people? That is correct. You didn't kill 13 people. Again, it would be improper for me to comment in any regard to that question you have now entered a very rare group of people in this country you're in the the ranks of Charlie Manson Ted Bundy you claim you didn't commit these murders but you're right in there now as far as everybody else is concerned. S-
8: serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one they are a product of the times and these are bloodthirsty times even psychopaths have Emotions if you dig deep enough, but then again, maybe they don't. Do you have emotions, Richard? No comment. Tell me what kind of emotions you got going through you right now. I'll tell you what I gave up on love and happiness a long time ago. Why? I, I don't care to explain that.
3: It's a bit like a robot for most of that with these responses.
0: Yeah, it sounds very well rehearsed, doesn't it? Until the reporter asks him him something that he doesn't know how to answer. But yes. when the the reporter is is throwing out Bundy, Gacy, Darmuth, things like this, um, you can see that he en- enjoys being put into that group. And most people actually do have him part of that 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 group of killers that sort of are the benchmark for everyone else, you know. But he's he's playing a game here, and it's you know. This big bravado game, you know. I gave up on love because no one loved me. You know, he's just he's looking for sympathy, but at the same time he's been given this rhetoric that he has to subscribe to. And, you know, that no comments are usually because he doesn't have a witty answer for it. He has been fed these. And I actually went back through the tape to see if there was a script in front of him because what he is saying is very well rehearsed.
3: And there was a script?
0: No, there were some pages in front of him, but it looked like it was only a legal Um, Pad, but it it looked clean. It didn't look like like there was anything on it.
3: Okay. Well, look he goes further with his arguments against the government
0: People
8: people in this day and age are brainwashed and programmed like a computer at being nothing more than puppets This nation this country is founded in violence Violent delights tend to have violent ends. It's Madness is something rare in individuals, but in groups people in ages. It is a rule Killing is killing, whether done for duty, profit or fun. Men murdered themselves into
3: this democracy. Someone's read Westworld. Um, (laughs) Look, it sounds rehearsed, but it sounds like a, a, a high schooler in their first play
0: it is he's really trying to be this effective narrator who who knows what to say and do um but he has no idea how to do this he has practiced this this is where we found that you know there was um uh agents going in and 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 people to to teach these people how to how to present themselves on camera this is the antithesis of um charlie who who just went broke and mm. said whatever the hell he wanted to and knew how to play the games and play the games well he was smart and he was street smart Ramirez isn't that Ramirez doesn't have the IQ to match a lot of these other killers who, who played the game quite well you know but he like he's trying to show that he has discussed that the governments kill more than several killers do because it's on a grander scale you know but it actually belies what he was saying in court
3: mm. well in court he would spew comments and abuse the reporters take a listen Hail Satan. Hail Satan, said Richard Ramirez as he flashed the Mark of the Beast, finally in custody after a year of instilling fear into millions every night at bedtime. I will be
8: avenged. Lucifer dwells within us all.
1: I won't come back in here
8: again. You understand that? Is- this trial is a joke. Me. you are not expected to. You are not capable of it. I am beyond your experience. I am beyond good and evil. Legions of the night, night breed. Repeat not the errors of night father and show no mercy. I will be avenged. Lucifer dwells within us all. That's it. Big deal. Death always we went with the territory. I'll see you in Disneyland.
3: And if we return to the Inside Edition interview, Ramirez is asked about his religious beliefs.
2: Do you worship the devil? Have you ever studied Satanism? (sighs) There are different sects of Satanism. Have you just
8: yes or no? Have you studied Satanism? Yes, yes, I have. Are you are you a worshiper of the devil? No comment. Come on, Richard. I can tell you a little bit about Satanism. Well, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you got to say then. It is undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. It is power power without charity. Satan admits to being evil. Do you admit to being evil, Richard? We are all evil in some form or another. Are we not?
2: I'm asking you the questions, my friend.
8: (laughs) Yes, I am evil. Not 100%, but I am evil. Evil has always existed perfect world most people seek shall never come to pass and it's going to get worse <sighs> the great epochs of our life is when we gain the courage to rebaptize our e- evil qualities as being our best qualities
3: those continuous sighs they mean something to you don't they
0: yeah now if you watch any kid or any person on tv like on a reality tv show like um say rupaul which i've just watched when when they do a a play episode you know where they have to act out a script people that are nervous know to you know to stop and take a breath so what they do is they stop and they take a breath remember that next line move forward It's exactly what he's doing here. This proves that he has been uh, given this to memorise and to perform in front of the camera. This has been, you know, planned months, weeks, whatever, ahead. And so someone has gone in there, probably his lawyer or someone working for that team um, and say to him, these are your answers to these questions. And he has memorised this. So that 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 breath, that, that sigh is him saying, okay, what was that next line? And it's it's a filler. He's trying to not sort of look at the guy with a blank stare. By giving a breath, it actually makes him calm and relax to do the next line.
3: So it's not a case of him just being frustrated with the line of questioning?
0: No, no. It's, it's, it's actually trying to um, manoeuvre through a, a practiced Huh. Script. Very, that's
3: fascinating. Hey, look, uh, listen to his response when he was asked about death sentences.
8: I don't care about myself. Really. You know, I don't care about what happens to me. I never did really.
3: So he did beat the death penalty when he died. Do you think he was worried about death?
0: I think they all do I mean I've, I've spoken to killers on on death row and, and some that aren't and and the best example I can give is Bobby Joe Long who was executed last year after being on on death row for about 36 years he never thought it was going to come so when the new governor come in and others were being executed he got scared but it mm-hmm. wasn't until that point when when there was a possibility because they all know there is very few people that that get killed within that first 12 months I think I th- Think the these days i think the the most um rapid execution times about five years so because they have right. to have an automatic appeal and you know the courts are clogged as, as it is and things take a lot of time i know that um john mohammed uh one of the dc snipers was executed at about five or six years after those so it, it doesn't happen quickly anyway so they sort of um there is whole montages on on youtube of people being sentenced to death and their raw emotion that happens but what happens then is they live out a life in prison that becomes very natural to them because it it, it's how they live and he was Mm -hmm. he was on death row for like 20 odd years so it, it it becomes a way of life and it's not until Um, the reality of you know a possible date being set that they do then go back to that oh my god this is actually going to happen but it's it's something that that they have in the back in the back of their minds most of them know that they're going to die before they actually get executed.
3: Well as I mentioned earlier Ramirez did beat the death penalty when he died in prison on June 7 2013 after spending 23 years on San Quentin's death row. Amanda, thank you very much for another fascinating episode of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions.
0: Thank you. We got through r- mirrors. We can put it away now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Plenty more to come in the following weeks and years, I'm sure. Thank you, Amanda. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you.
1: Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news.